watching the the lambs be born but then also knowing that I'd get to help raise those lambs over the next few months was really special Welcome back to Astronaut to Zookeeper podcast, the A to Z of life after school. I'm the art teacher formerly known as Miss Willis, and I am on a mission to catch up with former students to see what career paths they've taken and what advice they would give their 14-year-old self. All with the aim to open up the imagination for young people when it comes to jobs and careers in this 21st century weird and wonderful world. Today, I'm joined by the very lovely Emma Pooley. Hello, Hi. Emma. Hi. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's oh. good to see you again. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that we're in a nice, dry, warmish room. Yeah. But normally at work, you'd be out in the elements, right? Yes. <laughs> so tell everyone what you do. So I am currently a city farmer. <laughs> We'll talk more about what actually a city farmer is in a moment. But before we get going, um, I want to ask you what you wanted to be when you were five. <laughs> did it ha- did it have anything to do with animals? Um, sort of no. But um, my, I asked had to ask my mum this question because I couldn't remember what I wanted ah, to be. But I wanted to be a scientist. Apparently, um, I never specified at that age what sort of scientist. But I guess a, a lot end up working in animal research and things like that. Mm. Um, but I was very animal focused as a child. I had like a thousand pets and did all you? sorts of things. Yeah. What pets did you have? Uh, rabbits, guinea pigs, and hamsters dabbled in gerbils for a bit but they're they're weird and jumpy dabbled in gerbils that's amazing so when you were sort of 12 or perhaps a little bit older did you have any idea of what you wanted to do after school then yeah I wanted to be a primary school teacher for pretty much the whole of my school career and then when I hit six, I wanted to be a paramedic, and I have no idea where that idea came from, but it was wow. short-lived. <laughs> so, so the P, so a primary school teacher and yeah. a paramedic. Yeah, okay. yeah. and for a very wow. brief time as a toddler, Pocahontas, so maybe it is things <laughs> to do with P. If you were to describe what a city farmer is to mm. like an alien, so in the really simple, simple terms, what would you say? That is a really difficult question. Okay, assuming an alien know what a city is... Uh, yeah yeah okay so it's it's an educated (laughs) raising animals in very non-green spaces so places that are more for people than they are for nature and for livestock um and educating people about where our food comes from um and how to look after animals and sort of how to treat them with respect and the respect they deserve when you say to people i'm a city farmer Mm. like what's what's the common misconception what do people think you do (laughs) there's a couple firstly that i cuddle animals all day long and (laughs) my instagram would suggest that i do (laughs) i I, (laughs) I do not do it it's it's obviously any job working with animals you do connect with the animals and there are times when you have a sick rabbit and it sits on your lap in the office having cuddles because it's important for the animal's well-being as well as your own (laughs) but um 80% 80% of my job is picking up poo and not <laughs> and dealing with all the dirty sides of farming and right. not cuddling the animals. So people think you cuddle animals, yes. but most of the time you're cleaning yes. up after them. But yeah. also that um, I work with animals because I dislike people. There is a small amount of truth in that <laughs> I would always choose animals over people, given the choice. But um, yeah. again, a large part of my job is dealing with the public a farmer who farms in the countryside and that is their entire business they might not deal with people on a very regular basis Mm. they'll deal with them when they go to markets and auctions and the vet but not every day Mm. city farmers we are 
places that are open to the public to come and visit and so a large part of my job is customer service and right. making sure that the people are happy having a nice outing to our farm so what percentage of your time do you spend outside then? um it does vary but i think on an average i'd say about 80 to 90 percent my wow. role as um sort of like a farmyard um, support worker so there is someone above me who is fully in charge of all the animals um, and so she has the final say over bringing in new animals and if something mm. unfortunately has to be put down that would be her okay. final decision um, and she does have more of an office role than I have but my job mainly outdoors outdoors in all weathers in all weathers <laughs> like today it's yes. really blowing a storm outside so you're quite glad you're here today yes right? although there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing <laughs> Can you describe a time when you thought, do you know what, I have the best job in the world? Yeah, I think for me it's always spring. Um, We are a very small farm, so we don't breed with a huge amount of animals, but we send a couple of sheep every year away to hopefully get pregnant. And I'd been at the farm maybe two years and I'd always missed the lambs being born because you can't predict when this is going to happen. And one of the the ewes had been showing signs that she was going to give birth that day. And it was quite a warm sort of April day and we were waiting and we were open to the public. And I think she sort of knew this, kept her legs firmly (laughs) crossed. We shut the doors at four o'clock and within half an hour she'd had twins and I remember my colleague was helping deliver them because she was having difficulty with the second twin Um, and just watching it take place was gross but also really (laughs) incredible miracle yeah so sticky (laughs) (laughs) so much gunk (laughs) but watching the the lambs be born but then also knowing that I'd get to help raise those lambs over the next few months was really special how about a, a bad day at work? Can you give us an example of where you thought, oh, do you know what, I don't think I want to do this anymore? Yeah, I think um, for me, I've been very lucky that I've not had any days where I've come home and thought that was literally the worst day I've had. There have always been bad points. Anything that involves sick animals is always mm. heartbreaking, especially something like a donkey, which they can live for sort of 30 plus years. You might have known them a good chunk of that time if you have to have it put to sleep for whatever reason. Mm. Obviously, animal welfare is always the highest concern for us. So if an animal is sick or poorly and the vet says I'm sorry this is this is the end of it we will make that decision yeah quite happily but it's never easy to say goodbye to something so I've got mm. lucky that touch wood nothing big has yeah. unfortunately died while I've been there but um we've had goats and sheep that the public are very attached to and this is where city farming differs to um sort of commercial farming that obviously lots of farmers are attached to their livestock but nobody outside of the farm would have known that sheep where for us we have children come in every weekend to do volunteering and help around the farmyard and they will know oh that was bramble the goat but bramble's not here anymore and trying to explain that to a three-year-old is actually really difficult um or one of the ferrets um who i was very attached to marmite she used to come to my house at christmas (laughs) she was um, love her or hate well yeah (laughs) yeah well she was um ferrets are supposed to be social animals and live in, in pairs at least and she hated other ferrets with a passion she thought she was a cat or something so at christmas when the farm was close to the public and there were less staff around she'd come and um, stay in my garden for a few weeks so she had a bit of company and I'd take her out for walks on a lead every day and the day that um, we knew the time was coming because she'd got very elderly and she had um, a sort of form of cancer and the vet finally said oh we're gonna have to have her put down and we made that decision but it was hard to explain that to the volunteers who Mm. are all adults a lot of the time but they're still to them a lot of them can't have pets themselves for whatever reason so they come to the farm for that animal therapy yeah explaining to them that i'm, I'm sorry marmite was put down this morning yeah. it's really hard work
Is there something that you do every day in your work? Yes, pick up poo. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's a Monday and yes, a Tuesday. Literally. And muck animals yes. out. We're very lucky that um, our farm wouldn't run without our volunteers. So every single day of the week, um, including Mondays, which is when our farm is close to the public, we have volunteers of all ages and abilities come in and help. Um, and without them, I would literally never stop picking up poo. <laughs> so if you want to be a city farmer, you've got to be okay with poo. Yes. Right. Yes. Got it. <laughs> but you get the perks of, you know, stroking the Yeah, well, this well. is the thing. And so, like, some of the mucking out tasks like the stables all of our animals go out into paddocks during the day um, and the stable blocks are empty which means you can just get on with the task clean them out and you're done um others like you go in with the chickens they might all be in there or the ferrets and you get to have a nice little cuddle and a play with them and a, take a nice little selfie with them <laughs> <laughs> so there are there are perks alongside the poo <laughs> Could you explain for us um how is a farm different from a zoo hmm so obviously both look after animals and in our case we conserve animals so we work with rare breeds so animals that might have fallen out of favour with commercial farmers either because they don't produce things like enough meat or um, they just aren't commercially viable they're not going to make money in the long run Um, and so a lot of our animals could be considered as endangered Um, and obviously a lot of zoos the work they do is working with endangered animals and making Mm. sure they don't die out so there are crossovers and similarities in the sense that we conserve things Mm. but zoos they are usually full of wild animals where farms are domesticated animals so with some exceptions we have a parrot for example but he was a rescue that came to us and he mr (laughs) kelly he lives in our little volunteers cabin and chats away to people um and things like guinea pigs wouldn't necessarily have been like working animals but apart from that most of our animals had a purpose at some point they were Mm -hmm. domesticated for a reason so whether that's to work the land like donkeys or horses um or whether it's to be raised for a product so like meat or wool or leather in the case of cows Mm. um even rabbits obviously raised for meat and fur Mm. um and ferrets were used for catching rabbits and dealing with rat problems and things so they all had a purpose um but both zoos and farms or city farms certainly are about education what would you have to do to get fired from your job mainly because i work with animals anything to intentionally harm anything so to cause it injury or distress or to kill it um on purpose um that would be obviously a massive no-no and instant firing um but because it's a customer service environment anything that is the same would apply as if I worked in a shop. If mm. I was very rude to customers and abusive, then obviously that could also get me fired. I have to be courteous at all times. So money question here. So obviously people who might be interested in becoming a city farmer uh, will want to know about um, obviously the money and, and uh, salaries and things. So is there a sort of starting salary for somebody wanting to do a job like this? It would vary from place to place um, and within regions as well so obviously london is a very different place in terms Mm. of salaries for any job compared to any other part of the country and believe it or not there are city farms outside of london there's 10 or so in london but then places like sheffield and bristol and places in scotland have them as well Mm. um but if you were doing it full-time anything from twenty thousand pounds upwards would be a very good starting salary but you would peak at about 25 it's not a career anyone goes into for the money believe me (laughs) yeah um and depending on your qualifications and your experience would depend on what you might get paid can you 
you describe um, your route from from school mm. to now being a city farmer? Um, so how how you kind of felt at school um, and then what uh, what was it that made you go into that world? Mm. So when I left sixth form, I didn't have an absolute clue what I wanted to do. There'd been no careers guidance at my sixth form. Um, and it was very focused on you would go to university at the end of it. No matter what subject you did, they wanted you to go to university. Um, I was very fortunate that I had a very good form tutor, Mr. Hart, who like he listened to me and realised I didn't want to go. I mean, crying in his form chime on multiple occasions probably (laughs) tipped him off that I wasn't happy with the idea of university. Um, But I sort of humoured the school and went to look at universities. At the time, I'd given up the idea of being a teacher and I wanted to be a paramedic. No idea where that had come from. But um, I hadn't done well enough in sciences at school to to do that as a career. Um, And looking back, I'm glad I didn't. I don't think it would have been the right job for me. Two people focused, not enough animals. (laughs) Um, But he he sort of allowed me to explore what I wanted to do, which at the time I had no clue about. I ended up, unfortunately, at the job centre when I left sixth form just because height of the recession there was sort of nothing going that I could do as unskilled as I was um but eventually started working in primary schools um because I was like well I'm good with kids so I'll try that out and see what happens but um the school environment as much as I enjoyed working with the children it was too restrictive and I unfortunately had worked in quite a few schools with very bad behavior and when you've had a five-year-old throw a chair at your head you kind Mm. of start to reevaluate what you're doing Mm. um and so quickly left that but um before I'd left we had got a dog and I realized I liked being outdoors I'd sort of as a child spent a lot of time outside playing in the park in the woods climbing Mm. trees in the stream um but then as a teenager had sort of forgotten that that was a thing I enjoyed and walking the dog every day I realized I liked being in nature and liked being around woodlands and stuff um and I'd started volunteering with London Wildlife Trust at my local woodland um and I was only working in the schools part-time so it allowed me to go and do that in the afternoons and at weekends um and I thought actually I quite like a career in nature so originally I'd applied to university when I was 22 and I got accepted on a countryside management course with the idea of being like a park ranger somewhere up in the <laughs> lake district on a land rover on a mountain top kind of thing which even now sounds lovely and idyllic but um is not the way I've gone but um university was hard work but I'm glad I did it but I wouldn't say you have to do it right um and so you took there was a there was a gap between yes. a level so you didn't straight go yeah there was um, a good four years okay. where a lot of drifting around I worked yeah. at the schools I worked as a receptionist and opticians at weekends yeah. anything that sort of brought in a little bit of money but um, that time gave you that that time, you know you had that sort of chance to really think oh yeah I actually really like working outside and yeah. I like the nature and everything so that gave you some breathing space yeah and for me it was unfortunate that obviously not having anything solid out of school um, and then working in an environment the school environment which I didn't enjoy um my mental health took a real nosedive Mm. and I became very depressed and very anxious but connecting with nature I realized when we got Mm. the dog that actually that's what it was much better for me it's it's in my opinion how humans are designed to live we're designed to live with with the world and with the seasons and spend time outside our bodies and our minds in particular are not designed to be in offices all day Mm. long Mm. um and I was lucky that I found that out early enough that I could do something about it and my mental health has been up and down but it's been a lot better it's never been that as bad as it was when I worked in the primary schools 
being at university obviously opened my eyes to lots of different careers countryside management can lead to things like park ranger jobs but um you can go into ecology um anything like that sort of thing mm. that's working with nature yeah. um but when i graduated my final year project had been on um hedgehogs in south <laughs> london because <laughs> hedgehogs are an endangered species almost now they're are sort they? of really yeah they're really uncommon especially in london but um i'd researched them in the woodland i'd been volunteering in and london wildlife trust who managed that woodland had a, a project coming up as i graduated about london's hedgehogs and i applied and everyone said oh, what's your perfect job <laughs> i hate that phrase because <laughs> i don't think there's a perfect job for anyone like that and dream yeah. job i think everyone okay. gets their dream job eventually and then goes actually it's not what i thought it was going to be sure. and that's true but um the the hedgehog job for me was fantastic but much more office based than I thought it was going to be. People thought I was cuddling hedgehogs all day. No, nope. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> yeah, well, very carefully. Yeah, very carefully. <laughs> um, and while I was at university, I had a friend that worked at the city farm, and she'd said, "We've got this um, opening on our weekend staff running the kids club." And it wasn't necessarily animal focused; it was more arts and crafts and um, doing sort of gardening and cooking and things with them. But it was working outdoors, and so I did mm. that while I was at university alongside studying because I could fit it around studies in the school holidays they did kids club all week so I could pick up extra hours when I wasn't at university um and after a while they like hand you a rabbit and then hand you a lead with a goat attached to the end of it and then like oh can you help us bring the donkeys in and groom them and you sort of I was lucky to learn on the job yeah um and then when I left the hedgehog job the funding for that was limited I was there for 18 months and when it ended I sort of was back to square one of I have these qualifications but what do I do with them mm. and the city farm luckily had space for me to come and do it not full time but enough hours that I could live off the money okay. um, and yeah I didn't do it the conventional way that most people get into city farming most people would go to college instead of sixth form and they'd do an animal care course right. um, or animal behaviour okay. Um, you can do a degree in it as well, but you mm. wouldn't necessarily need that to get a job as a city farmer. Okay. Um, but yeah, it worked for me yeah. and I can definitely recommend doing it a convoluted way because you pick up very useful skills along the way. If you were to go back to school, mm. knowing that you would have this career, would you do anything differently? So what advice would you give your... 14 year old self. I think I would have done more as a teenager. I was very much in the habit of I'd maybe do an after school club for something, but just because it was better than sitting at home watching TV or using the internet. Um, I think I'd, I'd do more in my spare time as a teenager to get me maybe to this end point. Um, so out in nature more yeah, as a teenager? Yeah, so either volunteering or like joining a young farmers club or something. Mm. Just something that would have got me out of the, the bubble that I was in at school where I wasn't happy a lot of the time because I was occasionally bullied. Um, and some of my friends, I love them all really dearly and I'm still in touch with so many of them now. Um, but I, I was the weirder one that I had hobbies that and interests that at the time I didn't really know were weirder, but like... But that's cool now. Exactly. Right? This is the thing. I'm the person now that they're like, oh, that is a cool thing to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there is, if I'd gone out and volunteered or, or, or gone to a group 
like a young farmers group I would have met the other weirdos shall we say (laughs) and we would have all sort of banded together so I guess sort of telling yourself don't be afraid to sort of do something different find your people you know exactly even if it's slightly different a lot easier nowadays with social media because there are Mm. like obviously you get influencers on YouTube and Instagram and stuff for everything including farming Mm. Um, I recommend following uh, Red Shepherdess Hannah Jackson she's in her mid-twenties lives up in Cumbria and she came from a city and now she has her own like sort of farming business um mm. she's currently in the middle of doing contract lambing work where she goes and she works for other farms that have huge amounts of sheep and she gets paid to help lamb them and it's backbreaking and exhausting but she loves what she does mm. and i think if i'd had something like that i would have um felt happier in my own skin knowing that there were other weirdos like <laughs> me out there <laughs> So if somebody was thinking, listeners is thinking, oh, I, I'm really interested in this. I'm really into animals. I like working outdoors. I live in a city. Um, so I'm interested in pursuing this. Uh, are there kind of three tips that you would you would encourage them to do? Volunteer, number one. Top volunteer, of volunteer, yeah, volunteer. Literally. Um, so I think volunteering, firstly, is good for you as well as the organisation. Like, like I said, Spitalfields run on, the farm I'm at run on um, volunteers. We couldn't do it without them. And so many city farms are like that and also like um research so even if you can't get to a farm near you speak to your local vet even Mm. if they're not a a vet that specializes in livestock ask them is there any way i can come in and just clean out kennels in the morning Mm. on a saturday um, and just talk to the the veterinary nurses and learn um if you're lucky enough to live somewhere that has a good farm vet nearby and there are some on the outskirts of london um do they offer training courses so a lot of the the qualifications i now have have been gained through going to vets Mm. and speak to pet shops and things like that as well i think that's a really good idea that's cool so there's lots out there yeah you just have to look well thank you so much emma for joining me it's been a delight learning about (laughs) a city farmer that i didn't even know existed no we are everywhere when you start looking Thank you so much to Emma for joining me on that wet and windy day and telling us what life is like as a city farmer. Um, If you follow us on Instagram at Astro Zookeeper, you can see uh, Emma's follow up three. And these are three very practical pieces of advice for those people interested in pursuing this type of career. And of course, thanks to you for listening. We will be back very soon.